So this is something that comes up a lot. And way back when, back in the early days of the Anacoustic podcast, I made a very questionable life choice where I took two pictures. <laughs> the first picture had a picture of me with four different labels. They said Kodai, Delcros, Orf, and MLT or Gordon or something of that sort. And then the second picture said music teacher. Now, you can guess what the point of those pictures were, and I still stand behind the point. However, the the questionable choice was taking a picture of myself with actual labels printed from my label maker on my forehead. But I still stand behind the point, so much so that I think it's worth a revisit to this idea on the podcast. And the idea is all about pedagogical labels, styles of teaching, and what do they really mean? So today on the Anacrystic Podcast, episode 125, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Hi, I'm Ann Molesky, and I've helped music teachers just like you get more intentional in their classrooms through my trainings, curriculum, and tips shared on this podcast. The truth is, teaching music is hard. You have a bunch of kids to teach and not a lot of free time to figure out how. Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated is totally normal. But here's the good news. It only takes a few simple steps to flip the script. And although it may be simple, it's definitely not easy unless you have the right toolkit. So let's start tuning and transforming your music teacher life right now. The actual steps you need to find the purpose, follow a sequence, and choose joy are right here. This is the Anacrusic Podcast. All right, friends, so let's go ahead and dive on in. So in case you're new to the party, in case you haven't had a chance to listen to some of the Wayback episodes, I just want to talk a little bit about my experience with some different pedagogical approaches and the training that I've been so fortunate to to have um, way back in the day. Not that far back in the day, but pre-kids, which feels like very far back in the day. <laughs> anymore. Um, Anyway, so my background started out when I found the wonderful world of music education, and I was one of those fortunate teachers who had access and the the time to do my levels training for both Kodai and ORF schoolwork very close to where I lived. In the summers, I had some assistance um, with my school district to pay for some of it, and so it was just a very accessible thing for me. So I feel very fortunate, first on the onset, let's just get that out of the way, to have had that opportunity very early in my teaching career. And because of that, it's really formed a lot of the way that I teach, obviously, and the, and the way that I learned how to teach even being in the classroom with some of those those pretty, pretty hard-hitting, pretty sound pedagogical philosophies um, inside of the classroom in my first few years of teaching and beyond, and how they have shaped and ebbed and flowed as I've gone through different teaching positions throughout the country, um, through schools, through children's chorus, and all of these different things here here, there, and in between. So I have completed my Orphan Kodai levels. I've taken um, a couple of different Delcros workshops. I'm like halfway through my certification um, and it's something that I hope to finish um, one day. And then um, I've also taken one level of Gordon Music Learning Theory, the elementary general level one. And that's that's the one that I'm the least knowledgeable about to to my own admission there. Um, and I would love to do more training in, in all of these, in all of these approaches. Because I will say this, and I, I don't know quite the right order to go in things, even though I have some bullet points here. But I will say this, just no matter what your impression is of Kodai versus Orv versus Delcros versus MLT or Gordon or whatever it might be, is very, very dependent 
on what your experience has been with people who identify as that type of pedagogue, as people who have had specific training with other specific master teachers and other people's interpretations and all of those different things. And so that's the first thing I want to say before we get into any of the other things that will help illuminate that point. But when you're talking about Kodai-inspired pedagogy, when you're talking about Orff School work, when you're talking about Gordon Music Learning Theory, when you're talking about Del Crozian education, you're talking about an interpretation of this pedagogue's teachings and how it's trickled down based on everybody else's time-bound situational and always changing teaching situation. So that's something really, really important to remember. So if you are a Kodai pedagogue, if you are an ORF pedagogue, if you are any other kind of pedagogue, your experience with those trainings and with that approach is probably very different than mine and therefore is a very different interpretation of mine. And that is really the heart of everything that we're going to talk about today. So I've often said that I don't like to be put in a box. That's where that whole like, let me take some pictures of myself with some labels on my forehead (laughs) came from. Again, like worst life choice ever. Um, But again, the point is there because when it comes down to it, I don't I don't go and say I'm a Kodai teacher. I don't go and say I'm an ORF teacher. I don't say I'm an MLT teacher or a Delcros teacher. Even though I've had all of those influences very heavy in my teaching and some more heavy than others, as we'll talk about in just a moment. But um I always say that I am a music teacher because what I am teaching students is to create and interact and and be fluent musicians. And all of these different pedagogical approaches are tools that I use to most effectively teach the students that I have in front of me at any given time, whether it's here in Washington, whether it was in Texas, whether it was in Indiana, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's in children's chorus, wherever it might be, it depends on what I'm using in my classroom and what tools from what pedagogical approaches and what trainings and what workshops and what education is very, very dependent on that situation and my school culture and my classroom culture and what my kids need to become the most fluent musicians. So I would never want to put myself in a box because, you know, if you say I'm a Kodai educator, that implies certain things that you do beautifully and then other things that maybe you don't do. And if you're an ORF teacher, same thing. It implies you do all of these things really, really beautifully, but you'd never do this thing or this, that, and the other for the other approaches. And so I am, I am much less about excluding, um, other teachers or other approaches and much more thinking about more knowledge makes me a better teacher. More tools in my toolbox, as many of my mentors have told me, makes me a a better teacher for my students. And so there is never, ever, ever going to be a point where I have become too saturated with different pedagogical approaches, with different ways of teaching my kids and different ways of just making music in a new way, in a different way that might reach my students better. So all of that being said, if you look at my history, my teaching history, my own lesson plans, places where I've taught workshops, places where I've done clinics, (laughs) places where I've taught some summer courses, you would probably put me in the box of a Kodai teacher because my sequence, my instructional sequence looks very quote unquote textbook Kodai. Um, A lot of the ways that I think about 
exploration and discovery and extension. It aligns very closely with prepare, present, practice, but there's a different flair to what I do inside of my instructional sequence because of all of the other educational experiences and different pedagogical approaches that influence what I do with kids. So there's a reason that I don't talk specifically about prepare, present, and practice because I draw inspiration from those absolutely, but there's things that I do that pull from Orfschul work. There's things that I pull from Del Crow's Inspire Teaching. There's different tools from Gordon Music Learning Theory that I'm not saying Kodai educators wouldn't use, but are maybe more closely aligned with what the perception of that pedagogical, another pedagogical approach would be. So I feel like when I label myself as a Kodai educator, there's a very specific idea of what that is. And I love to be identified as that because to me, hearing that someone is a Kodai educator, I think, oh my gosh, they have this really, really beautiful sequence. Their kids know exactly where they're going and exactly where they came from. And I am here for that party. If I hear that someone is an Orphschul work inspired teacher, I think, oh my gosh, they must have the most creative classroom and be doing all sorts of different types of music making with dancing and singing and playing bard instruments and unpitched percussion. But that doesn't mean that Kodai-inspired teachers aren't doing that. And that doesn't mean that ORF teachers aren't having a beautiful instructional sequence. Absolutely. Good teaching is good teaching. Good pedagogy is good pedagogy. And all teachers are, whether they realize it or not, are really borrowing from different pedagogical approaches. And borrowing is the wrong word. We'll get to that in a minute. But they're using tools from other approaches to fill out their teaching styles to to really resource students where, where they are. But we might feel more in our core with Kodai-inspired pedagogy. We might feel more at our core an Orfschule work-inspired teacher. And I think that that's okay. I just, like I said, I think that by putting ourselves in a box, at least for me personally, I, let me speak for myself, putting myself in a box feels like I'm excluding some of those tools that I know are very, very worthwhile for my students. And to that point, language is incredibly important. You will not hear me refer, and if you have, I made a mistake, but you will not hear me intentionally refer to Kodai-inspired teaching as the Kodai method. And you will not hear me talk about the ORF method. You will not hear me talk about the Gordon method or the Dalcrows method. You will hear me say Kodai-inspired teaching. You will hear me say ORF Schulwerk or ORF Schulwerk inspired teaching or Dalcrows inspired teaching or MLT inspired teaching, meaning my educational experience, my personal interactions with the great pedagogical pedagogues rather of these approaches and and the great teachers who have come down through this lineage of of Orfschule work in America or Kodai in America or whatever else it might be have influenced my teaching greatly but odds are I'm not doing things exactly the same way that they do and they're probably not doing things exactly the same way as the teacher before them and so on and so forth so we're taking this this philosophy we're taking this inspired way of teaching and making it work into our classroom, staying at the root of what is really, really important to us as music teachers. So I even went so far, let me find it here, as to look up the definition, method definition. And the definition of method is a particular form of procedure for accomplishing or approaching something, especially a systematic or established one. So what that means is we have specific sequence or a specific system. And so if you think about like 
Kodai inspired teaching, many folks would probably think, well, if there's anything that's a method, it's going to be Kodai because everyone follows the same sequence. But I'll tell you this, that is not the case. <laughs> I have taught levels trainings in two different types of the country and are two different places in the country, rather, and they use different sequences. They're similar. There's definitely some um, some very, very closely aligned things, but there's also some things that are different. And I've had to adapt depending on where I teach and the, the workshops that I'm giving in different sections, depending on sections of the country or elsewhere, um, depending on what those particular teachers do in their classrooms and where they happen. Um, and so I think that that is a really important thing to remember. Like just because we're talking about a method in terms of like a system or a procedure, it just means that you have an inspired system or procedure based on some of these pedagogues, based on some of these pedagogical approaches. So even though method isn't necessarily saying like, oh no, it's not just saying just one specific way, it's just saying a way, right? Like just having a system, I still wanna stick with, for me, inspired teaching when I'm talking about all of these different pedagogical approaches because it implies that we have that freedom to ebb and flow as needed. Hello, my name is Mark Connor, and I am the host of the Everything Band Podcast, a weekly interview show where I am joined by leaders in the band community. Come join me each Monday to hear my guests share their stories and their wisdom with other listeners of the show. Another piece of language that I don't love, I don't think it's totally wrong, but I don't love is when we talk about blending approaches. Because the idea of blending is kind of like how we no longer, you know, back in the day, we used to refer to the United States as this great melting pot. And the idea is that we all come together to make something beautiful, which I love. But when you talk about a melting pot, are you talking about blending something? You're talking about kind of blurring or watering down the identity of something that can stand on its own. So if you think about somebody, if they were purely a Kodai-inspired teacher, or they were purely an Orff Schulwerk-inspired teacher, there is so much beautiful stuff there. There is so, so much beautiful stuff there that doesn't need to be watered down or blended with other things. It can stand on its own, right? But when we combine it with all of these other flavors, if you will, if we create this beautiful salad of tools from Kodai or tools from Orf or Gordon or MLT, or excuse me, Gordon or Delcros, then we can have this gorgeous salad where we pull these ingredients based on our students' appetite and we're having these rich flavors. I'll let go of the the analogy or the metaphor here in just a minute, but we have these rich flavors that we can call upon whenever we feel like the time is right. And so I think that that is a really important thing to remember too, not to necessarily talk about blending, but just talk about having tools. And and we're teaching music using these tools that these great pedagogues and these great master teachers have passed on down to us. So that being said, this is a little bit shorter than I expected it to, but that's okay. So these are all tools in your teaching. These are all things that if you have the opportunity to read about, if you have the opportunity to experience some workshops or levels training or whatever it might be, to take what you can, to be this sponge, to to soak things up and just get, you're not gonna reach saturation, but get as much saturation as you can in terms of soaking up all of the goodness that is out there in terms of different styles of teaching. Because these four are not the end all be all either. There's lots of other folks doing beautiful things with music education, doing things in education in general that we can pull inspiration from into our music classrooms. And if you decide like, I really wanna do this beautiful activity that's inspired by Kodai, 
There's no police. There's no anything like that that's going to come and say, oh, but you're not doing that in a purest way. But instead, it's all about just creating the best for whatever your teaching style is and whatever your children's learning style might be. So when we think about labels, when we think about, oh, you know, what's a really good Kodai song for this? I really want to do a great Kodai lesson or, oh, I really want to do a great Orf lesson or I really want to do a great Delcro's lesson or I really want to start incorporating more MLT into my classroom. Well, what do all those things mean? So for me, if I hear someone say they want to um, bring in more Kodai-inspired teaching into their classroom, I think, okay, that means they're wanting probably to look at some folk song repertoire. They're probably wanting to think about how we can we can start with some exploration and lead kids through a, a literacy moment and then use that to do some creation later on in the learning sequence. If someone says they really want to start incorporating more ORF schoolwork in their classroom, Oftentimes, people are thinking about instruments, which is a misnomer. Misnomer is just incorrect, right? It's it's a it's the incorrect perception. It's a tool in ORF schoolwork. The bard instruments are, but it's not the end all be all. It's actually much more about a creative process that incorporates improvisation all the time earlier than you would think. And so I would think, oh, they want to think about different ways to let kids be in the driver's seat, thinking about improvisation and creative music making. If someone was thinking about using more Delcros in their classroom, they would be thinking about different ways to to show music and movement and not just rhythm and melody, but form and expression and composition and improvisation and embodied music making with their own body as the instrument. And if someone was thinking about using Gordon Music Learning Theory in their classroom, I would think, oh, they're looking to do more conversations. They're looking to have more of an aural image, have that... that um, that aural image, what is Gordon's word? It just went out my brain. Audiation, there it is. That's what happens when when you just start talking on a podcast. (laughs) But they would be looking to have more audiation opportunities. They would be looking to have this conversation and just this big mental picture of what music sounds like and feels like and, and looks like in a music classroom. And so none of those are like textbook. None of those are like the Kodai, Kodai method. It, you know, it wouldn't say that. It wouldn't say, you know, Kodai inspired teaching is blank because it really, really depends on who you are as a teacher. It really, really depends on what your musical experiences are, what your music teaching experiences are, what your kids' musical experiences are, what your your kids' learning experiences in music are. All of those are going to dictate how these different approaches, how these different tools live and breathe in your classroom. And it's only you who can really decide what they look like. Now, that's not to say there isn't like, clear goals defined inside of Kodai Inspired Teaching or Orph Inspired Teaching or uh, Delcros or MLT. It just means that it's not like a black and white situation. And I think that's really what I'm, I'm getting at here is that I think sometimes when we get so put into this box about I really need to have this Kodai, this Kodai inspired teaching, I really need to have this Orph inspired teaching, maybe you're just looking for something more. And what's beautiful about that is we have these approaches to go toward. We have these these styles of teaching, these really proven and successful master pedagogues out there sharing this knowledge with, with each other that we can go to and think, oh, this is just really beautiful teaching. It just so happens to be Kodai inspired. Oh, this is a really, really beautiful piece that I see these children doing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a 
beautifully inspired music teacher who's inspired by Orfschul work. And so I think if we can kind of ground ourselves in that, we'll we'll find that that there isn't maybe so much frustration in trying to find the answer in this particular section of the of the music teacher grocery store, if you will. So that's about all I have to say about that. Um, I had a couple of people reach out to me and, and ask me to share some ideas. You probably won't ever catch me. I got kind of close, <laughs> but you probably won't ever catch me having a podcast series being like, this is what Kodai teaching is. This is what ORF teaching is. This is what Delcro's teaching is. This is what MLT teaching is. Because I think that there's enough material out there from other master teachers who have really made all those things their life work in terms of teaching and studying what it looks like inside of music classrooms and with music teachers that I'm going to leave that to to their expertise but I also want to say that if that's something that you're interested in the knowledge is out there and I'll be sure to link all of the um, United States based organizations for each of these pedagogical approaches inside of the show notes if you want to find out more um, I've had experiences with all of these organizations as a member and with trainings and I can't say enough fabulous things about them and how you will enhance your teaching no matter what opportunity you take to learn a little bit more. So if you guys have any questions, let me know, but that's all I have for today. So just remember, you are a music teacher and more tools in your toolbox will only be better resources for you and your children, no matter where you teach, no matter who you're teaching, just so you can pull out all that delicious flavor. The Anacrusic Podcast is a proud member of the Music Teacher Development Podcast Network. The Muted Network provides support in the form of audio on-demand programming designed by and for music educators. You can find more information about our network at mutedpodcast.com. Thanks for spending this little pocket of your day with me. I know music teachers are super strapped for time, so be sure to check out all the resources on anacrusic.com for today's episode. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever you're listening to today's podcast so you don't miss an episode of TAP. That way, you'll be notified each and every week when a new episode's live. And if you want even more tips and tricks delivered to your inbox, like a little love note from me to you, make sure you sign up for the Anacrusic newsletter and you'll be the first to know all the things. Also, if you are feeling today's episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love you forever if you take a hot minute and leave a review. See you next time.